You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> this is the Next Level Podcast, a place for business leaders, entrepreneurs, and dreamers to be empowered for an abundant kingdom life. Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Welcome, everybody, to the Next Level Podcast. This is Michael McIntyre, your host for the Next Level Podcast. And again, we do not disappoint. We are bringing you a next level person here, Jerry Thompson. This Jerry guy is an amazing film producer, director, writer, and all around super guy. <laughs> so we're really excited that Jerry's joining us today uh, from Oregon and uh, an amazing man, a very accomplished uh, producer here. And so we're, we're excited to have Jerry. He is next level. And his movie that he that he released back in 2018 is fascinating. It's called Translated. And I wanted him to talk about that because it's really interesting. I was looking at here in his bio that this is the only feature film ever made where a biblical character comes to our time. What an amazing thing that you put together here, Jerry. So just welcome to the Next Level Podcast, man. I'm so glad you're here today, brother. Well, thank you, and I sure compliment to say that I'm in a next level person. <laughs> that was, that, <laughs> well, listen, you, you were you were brought in by Julie, and uh, she always brings next level people in here uh, from Convergence Productions. So, uh, man, welcome, Jerry. I'm glad you took the time out to be on our our podcast today. Let me let me ask you this: where where did the idea come from on this amazing movie that you produced? Well, I have a twin brother, and then believe it or not, we would eat at smorg. We like smorgasbords. We don't have much taste in food. <laughs> we thought, what would what would the people back in the uh, time of the Apostle Paul think of this? They might they came put here instantly at uh, a hometown buffet or whatever one you want to go to. They think that the millennium had had come, you know. So it was kind of a, a thing of humor, but then. Um, then as I started actually considering this seriously, there's a lot of issues that could be brought up with the Apostle Paul coming to our time and state of the church in America. So many other things. There's just a lot of issues. And uh, we just had a great time making the movie. Uh, the acting I'm really happy with, and especially the person that played the Apostle Paul. And so anyway, it was... But what evolved when I started writing this, and um, there's an, a New York Times bestseller author who said, who was, I'm surprised, 38 times, who said he never knows what his, where his book is going to go when he starts writing. And that was kind of the fun, creative process of this. Of course, I had an idea where it was going to go, but it's fun creating these characters and all the situations that you would, the Apostle Paul would would confront or uh, experience in the 21st century. I mean, it's kind of like a crocodile Dundee to the nth degree as far as, you know, being out of fish out of water. Yeah, totally. I, I just think it's such a creative way to bring the Bible to present day. You know, I think, you know, uh, you know, it's just, it's very, um, 
it's very unique, I think is a good word to say. Um, so filming this and, and putting this thing together, I mean, tell me, tell me the process, Jerry, that, you know, I, I read some of your background. Uh, you've got a cre really creative, interesting background, the way you came to Jesus and the way you gave your life to Jesus and uh, with the car accident when you were 12 years old. Give our, uh, give our listeners a little background on, on Jerry Thompson and, and what's Jerry's journey been like up until you started to do this movie. I just think it's really, I'd love to have our audience hear your heart. Well, this is the last thing I thought I'd be doing in my life. I was all totally into sports, uh, playing and coaching. I figured I was going to be a teacher and a coach. Uh, but at 12 years old, yeah, our whole family was uh, hit by a, in the pitch dark of November with a tire coming across a freeway going south. We we're going south to Cottage Grove, south of Eugene, Oregon. And we got, then we got turned in this, uh, in uh, sideways in the freeway and two cars hit us at over 60 miles an hour or so. Anyway, my parents were wearing their seat belts, which they hardly did in six, 1964. And anyway, uh, when I was in the hospital, just uh, waiting to go in a room, I was started to cry. I'm at 12 years old and thinking, what would have happened, you know, if we hadn't, if I would have died or if we would have died. And just a week before that, my brother, twin brother, had made fun of anybody who went to church because we ne we never, ever went. And we had had a good family, a loving family. But um, I just thought this, I would never go to a church on my own free will, you know. <laughs> So anyway, that led to a search for the truth about the afterlife. And that's a long story. We got into Edgar Casey and re reincarnation, a bunch of other stuff. But at the University of Oregon, of all places, the bastion of liberalism, um, the Jesus movement was happening. Got some literature from a, a group in Berkeley, California, radical Christian group called Right On. All the language was street language telling the gospel story. So it really... You know, I'd never heard this before. I'd probably heard the gospel message, but then it didn't just didn't relate to me. Sin and redemption, all these words. What, what's that? You know. So anyway, then I got some uh, literature from Campus Crusade for Christ, and yeah, about February of 1970, kneeled in my dorm room and and prayed uh, to let Jesus become Lord of my or on the throne of my life. And then in May 1st, I uh, was filled with the Holy Spirit right after the first time I ever went to a church on uh, my own free will. And uh, from there, a um, lot of trials, tribulations, not an easy road, but I did fall in love with Jesus. <laughs> and and uh, it was it was wonderful, wonderful time. Um, then I transferred from the University of Oregon to Eugene Bible College, now New Hope. Wayne Cadero, if you know who he is, was one of my classmates. Or, and uh, so... I became a yearbook editor. Again, something I never thought I'd do. I actually thought it was kind of high schoolish to do a, a yearbook in college, but so I'm kind of a skeptic and a kind of <laughs> a person who's not Mr. Positive all the time. And uh, doing a yearbook, I just was so creative, learning photography, have a blank page and fill it up and, and create a story. So then I was also a CBN counselor, 700 club counselor at the time heard about their new graduate school in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And my wife and I left it all, went to Virginia Beach, and I went to graduate school. 
Uh, thought I was going to go into radio, but uh, got hooked on television and film and then got out of college a uh, job with a film company of all places in Medford, Oregon, about 60,000 people. But it was uh, Wind Walker, a Native American film, which Siskel Neighbor gave uh, thumb, two, thumb, or, yeah, two thumbs up. And so I was a publicity person. From then, um, a partner of mine from graduate school, we uh, filmed, started at Pathway Films and then done a few films, uh, documentaries, Evolution Creation, uh, God on Trials, my first dramatic film where everything about God is questioned by a college age uh, students in the plot. What was that? Was that like an apologetics film? No, it was. No, it's a young guy who gets att attracted to a beautiful girl and <laughs> Christian, kind of the typical thing, you know. And gotcha. Then, and then he has a dream where God is put on trial, and you got the Salem witch trials and the Holocaust and all these horrible things that that God allows. It's it's a film that that. Uh, that addresses the question, why would a loving God allow what's going on? And it's kind sure. of a surprise mm -hmm. ending. So, but you know, uh, the money, it's too bad money's involved in all this because it, <laughs> it got good reviews, great reviews, but we got caught between the 16 millimeter video market at that time for churches. So the 16 was going out, that's where you made your money. The video, you don't make that, that much back then. So I had to do other things with the family, two kids, and um, it wasn't, I did a history of Oregon football video, duck fan, quack, quack, and Oregon ducks. And, <laughs> I love uh, then finally, uh, it wasn't, I, it wasn't until um, 2016 that finally uh, put together the script for translated, actually had a synopsis and got the money before I wrote the whole script, as I remember. Yeah, I, re I read I, I read uh, a part in in your bio here that your brother, who's your, your twin, yes, yes, yeah, are you guys identical twins? No, no, no. okay. And so uh, he's out. In that Hawaii. would be too hard for the world to. <laughs> <laughs> so so Jerry, he's out in Hawaii at the time, and he's yeah. fasting and praying for this because you're looking for the money to do this film. Yes. Well, so, I was got on trial, not translated. Okay, I got you. All right. Translated, and so, I, translated, I went to a friend who's got a mortgage company and I to see if he knew of anybody might be interested in investing. And then he said, I do. <laughs> so that was a, a surprise. And so we got the money together. Um, so what it cost you to put this film together? Uh, it's kind of private. Okay, <laughs> under all right. Under, okay. Under <laughs> well, it's really, it's under 100,000. It'd been a lot more, but I didn't take any salary. I took a percentage. See, I see. I love that because, you know, there's so many times out there, there's, there's in there, we have, we have a lot of creatives that listen to this podcast and uh, we have artistic people who are in acting and film and producing and, and songwriting and worship leaders. And people always think it takes millions and millions of dollars to put something together. And, it, and, and with today's technology, I mean, you made this film in 2016, 17. Uh, with today's technology, it's amazing what you can do with such, yeah. with, with such a low budget. Yes? Oh, yes. Uh, I hired two nerds, basically. <laughs> They're not listening, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm not going to say their names. <laughs> We've got this camera that, that shot 4K for $2,000 Panasonic. So the bottom line is we got this movie approved by Regal Theaters National. 
we didn't just go, you know, we can put it on the big screen in Eugene, Oregon. We didn't go to the manager there and say, can you say, well, no, you've got to have a, the corporate office to prove this for a nationwide distribution. So it was incredible. The first week uh, in 1918, uh, 1918, <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> no, in 2018, uh, we, uh, we had a run at Regal Theaters. You're only in Eugene, Oregon, only guaranteed one week. The first week we beat every film, Mission Impossible, Alpha, Christopher Robin, all these other than Crazy Rich Asians, which we were, I think, 30 people short of them. Wow. In the late summer, where there's five showings a day, and we never had an empty seat. I looked at the other films, and, the, and there was a lot of, there weren't, at, what, 11 o'clock in the morning in the summer, you're going to go to a film? So... That was incredible, a great feeling. And then we've got reviews. Um, the head of the graduate school at Regent University is writing a book on Christian films. I didn't know him uh, until I went back to Virginia Beach and met him last February. He looked at the film, he says, one of the best Christian films he's ever seen. So how satisfying is that to hear that from a, a, a man who's writing a book on Christian films? So, Absolutely, that's, that's really impressive. Yeah, and I remember the the premiere that we did in April 22nd of uh, 2018. See, now I can't remember facts. And <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, you write these things, you're hoping that people will laugh at certain parts, and they did, and then so many people said they were crying too, laughing and crying. And so emotion, it's not, you know, film does need to, unless it's a documentary, or even a documentary, it needs to reach the emotional part of a person and that's what translated does and because of there's a lot of I did incorporate one autobiographical event in my life in the movie which has touched a lot of people and you know there's people who've been their lives have been turned around uh, a guy from Georgia wrote me and said I just altered my life with this film and a young man who was contemplating suicide now he's doing great we actually had a baptism scene and he was in it. And then after the fake baptism, <laughs> the screen baptism, he asked his mother, he was 16 years old, if he could be baptized for real. And then he asked us and uh, <clears throat> I thought, oh, I don't know about this, but long story short, he's doing really well. And that was one of the, the events that helped. Not, we, obviously there's more than just our film, but it did contribute a lot. So it's very- That's awesome. That's yeah. really good. Let, let me ask you this, Jerry, because I, I love, I love being able to have uh, the quality and the artistic ability that you have on our podcast because there's so many people out there that want to do what you've done or are interested in doing what you've done. What advice would you give a, a, a new filmmaker, producer, writer, screenplay writer? What, what, what words of wisdom would you say to a, you know, a 26 year old that wants to break into this business? Uh, words of wisdom go to translatedfilm.com come on it's awesome <laughs> shameless plug no I, well just the class we had at uh regent university was start with a need seek a need as far as the, the technical part you need to, you do need training and that's so you get the training but then uh touch a nerve find a need uh that needs to be addressed and Sometimes you may think you're the only one. I don't, again, refer back to this uh, New York Times bestselling author. 
he wrote a book that was 88 pages and uh, Simon Schuster gave him 4.5 million just for the hard copy rights. He didn't think anybody, it was written for his family. He thought it was the only, they would be the ones who'd appreciate it, but nobody else, but it just went viral. So you never know. So to answer your question, um, yeah, speak out of your experience, bring that uh, to life if you can and uh, see where it goes. Um, it's risky, but you can start with short, really short films and try to perfect your craft, as you might say, that way. Um, but like you mentioned, and I mentioned about the the technology now, it's so, you know, it doesn't take uh, $70,000 for a camera anymore or all the other equipment. So it's a good time to do this. And with the COVID, there's going to probably be a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, material people are going to want to have, but also the times we're in is kind of fruitful for, or maybe not fruitful is the word, but ripe for um, messages that people need to hear that they're not hearing. Good. Answers the question. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I never expected to be doing this at all. I started by with learning a little bit of photography from Wayne Cadero <laughs> uh, and, and doing a yearbook and look where it's, it's taken me. Yeah, absolutely. So with, uh, you know, uh, being in the industry, the movie industry that you're in, in, in the Christian genre that you're in, um, you know, I, I kind of watch, I'm a big movie person and uh, my wife and I, we kind of watch all movies, uh, uh, even the bad ones I'll watch just to review them. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, there's some movies over the time and I've talked to, you know, I've talked to some people in the business uh, about the Christian movies. There's some of them that are done really, really well, obviously, as you know, like translated. And there's some that's out there that are kind of, you know, uh, you know, Kirk Cameron's done some that were just not that much fun to watch. Great messages. Uh, but what, what do you, in the last, you know, five, 10 years, what do you see the industry going towards? And uh, what would you view as some of the top rated Christian movies? Well, let me start with the last question. Back in 1977, The Hiding Place was one of the first. The Billy Graham Association did that, but the acting was fantastic. The story about the Holocaust, that was one of the great films. Um, I really like Woodlawn. Yes. Uh, the story of uh, John Voight. Is it John Voight that was in it, playing Paul Bear Bryant and the the uh, the white and black teams that came together in Alabama. Great story. Um, I just had a list the other day of some of the ones that I, I really liked. Um, well, Heavens for Real was was pretty good, I think. Mm -hmm. From Heaven. And so, um, you know, I, uh, as one direct percent of, of directing is acting. So you got to get good acting. And I think that's improved over the years, but still there's too many. The thing about the professor in Virginia Beach said that translate is not cliche. It's come out of the box. It's not what you normally see with syrupy type film. So, you know, that's, I guess where we're going. I'm, I'm not really a great spokesman to answer that question, <laughs> but I am working on a project now it's a true story i like true stories so this is kind of out of where i usually go from my heart i usually like to see 
stories about what God's done in real people's lives instead of a fictional story. So it's, that's um, translated is not that, but so now I'm working on a project, a Native American story, a Christian young lady. That's not the emphasis. The Christian part is just to fight for justice. And so, um, so where are you, you know, at? Where are you at on this project, Jerry? Where are you at? On, and it's, I think about it's, ready to. Do you want to? You want yeah, to well, t- tell our tell our listeners the name of this project? It's Bright Eyes. That's the name of the young uh, Native American Omaha Indian uh, woman who um, basically saved her tribe from being sent on a trail of tears, and she was so she had her more than fifteen minutes of fame. Longfellow. Uh, called her his Minnehaha. She dined with the President of the United States to talk about justice issues for Native Americans. This is back in 1880. Um, she was involved in the landmark case Standing Bear versus General George Crook, where a Native American was first declared a person with legal rights. So this is a, the kind of story, I think, and she's a young woman. She was the first woman ever allowed to speak at Faneuil Hall in Boston, which is called the Cradle of Liberty. Not just Native American woman, first woman ever. She didn't think anybody was going to show up. It was just crowded, filled to the, the gills with, with people who wanted to hear her story. So, and she was also at Wounded Knee as a reporter. So she just lived quite a life. Um, the stage we're in is we're ready to do a Kickstarter um, which is a crowdfunding campaign to raise the money, the millions of dollars. This is, we need some A-list actors. We need, this is a story that just isn't some little film that uh, gets a little bit of attention. We need to go big time with this. So the thing about right now with the COVID, I felt we did talk to some investors, but even if I had millions of dollars, I would not be investing probably in a film because the theaters aren't open. You don't know what, it's going to happen for a while. So with the Kickstarter, people just give a small amount of money. You got to get a lot of people to do it, but they get something for it, a video, a DVD or whatever, t-shirt, you know, uh, posters, all these things. So that's what we're going to launch here in a week or two to, and we're hoping the native Americans really love it and, and support it, but it's a story for everyone. It's really exciting. I think that I love the way you come in with these stories, Jerry, because they're like, you know, just like what you did with translated, you know, you, you took a biblical character, Paul, and brought him into the 21st century, which is like, I, like, I think you said, it's probably never been done before, you know, and, and created that's what distributors tell me at least. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And then, and then now you're, you're going to somebody that was a, a formidable female in Native American figure back in the 1880s, uh, which I've never heard of. And I would rest say, unless we have a few historians listening, probably haven't been acknowledged of this. And you're bringing this person and you're bringing their story. Uh, I remember Wounded Knee. I remember that as a, when I was very young, it made national news. Uh, and, and, and she got to report on it. I think that's a fascinating uh, project and agenda that you've got here. Where did you, where did this transpire from? Where did you get the inspiration to do this Bright Eyes movie? Well, right out of graduate school, 1981, I got a job as a publicity person for the Windwalker movie that I talked about. Siskel Lieber gave it two thumbs up. And while 
we were doing a VIP screening or setting one up. We didn't travel to do in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, one of the native tribes members said, this actress in Windwalker, she ought to play Bright Eyes. And I thought, what's Bright Eyes? So then there's a book, two books written about her. And so I went, this is back in 1981. It's been 39 years now. And this has been just on the back burner all this time. So translated, <laughs> pardon the pun, maybe have helped me translate into <laughs> a bigger film, Bright Eyes. The amazing thing about Suzette in the Flesh, Bright Eyes, she had a French name, she was half French. The tribe, it, tribe itself, a lot of them hadn't even heard of her. And here's it happened. They'd heard of her sister, who was the first American, Native American doctor, woman doctor. But a lot of them even hadn't heard of her. So history, there's all these diamonds in, you know, in the rough. You know, so in history that need to be brought out, these true stories of heroes, heroines. And that's more what I really, uh, it's more my heart to do that. Because it really shows what God is doing in history. Come on. I love that. That's, that's, I that's, think that's, yeah. those are the most powerful things, the testimonies of, but the thing is, there are some major films that are based on, based on true stories that are like one of them, The Revenant, for example, Hugh Glass, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, I think won an Academy Award. Only 5% of that true. This is about a true, a true person. In Bright Eyes, it's going to be authentic and everything is going to be true. You're not going to say, oh, based on a true story, find out later, these things didn't happen. So for those who are listening, I will keep an eye out for the Kickstarter Bright Eyes. We just got, I just got back two or three weeks ago from Omaha shooting the Kickstarter uh, video. And we have the actress go to Bright Eyes' grave and talk to her at her grave and say, you know, you've done so much and people don't even know your story. Now we're going to try to do it. And she's honored. And she's a... Uh, of course, a Native American herself. There's quite a little story, if I can tell about how she Please. got the um, In addition to a few people, and kind of got to a dead end, so to speak. And um, then I went back to this talent agency, looked at some pictures and picked out four, but I wasn't real optimistic about any of them. Well, I did, I did so the talent agent person did pick, or did communicate with all four. Well, to make a long story short, Sarah Ortigan was driving from Wyoming to Denver without cell service. And right when she got into cell service, she got a call about this role. Little did we know, she said that just be, uh, like minutes, like 30 minutes before that, she spoke her role into existence. Amen. The other thing, she was journaling for a month or two. She was Miss Native American USA. Didn't I didn't even know this at all. And, um, she was journaling that her desire of her heart was to have a lead role in a film, a major film, but she'd given up. She said, I give this up to you, creator, if you want me to continue an acting career, because it hadn't gone anywhere. And just so soon, right after that, she gets the call and the role, knew nothing about this project. So I really feel that this is inspired. And there's another other stories too, I won't go into, but, I'm just really, that really excited me more than anything. That's, That's incredible. I love that. I love when the Holy Spirit moves and when the Holy yeah. Spirit moves, I mean, it's just, it's, it's stuff that's miraculously happens. And, you know, one of the things that I hear a lot of times people say, you know, I want to see miracles. Miracles happen every day. They truly do. And all we have to do is open our eyes 
like bright eyes, pun intended, <laughs> and say, yeah. there they are. There's, there's the Holy Spirit acting. And so, uh, man, that's awesome, Jerry. It's really exciting. I love the way you're doing it and putting yourself out there and doing these creative journeys in history, because I think there's so many rich things out there in history that many of us do not even know. And you bringing it to light is truly, that's, that's, that's just the Holy Spirit moving as well. Well, thank you. That's sure. It looks like it's the, the leading and we want to hopefully he that began the good work will accomplish it. That's, yeah. So, all right. I want, I want to talk about translated before, uh, yeah. as, as we wind this down, because I think, you know, one of the things that you're very passionate about is that movie. And I looked at some of the trailers. I looked at some of the things on here. So tell our audience for those that might've missed it in the Regal theaters when it came out in 2018, how do they, go and watch this amazing movie called Translated. Uh, it's about Paul coming to the 21st century, uh, which is so cool. And uh, probably is a lot of cultural shock in this yes. movie. <laughs> uh, I could just imagine the layups on this thing. But please tell our audience, how do they go to find this movie? How do they find you, Jerry? Uh, so now I want you to uh, be obvious in all your plugging here. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's all, it's all no, no shameless, all, all up front. It's translated the name of the movie and translate. So it's translatedfilm.com. You just go to that. You'll see how to order. It's two ninety nine to rent, uh, or nine ninety nine to buy the DVD. And, um, you know, the main message of the movie, if you don't mind, is I, you know, went to Bible school, went to church hundreds and thousands of times after I became a Christian and had not really seen in John 17, 2021, 20, the unity message where Jesus is speaking before his arrest to Peter, Paul, James, all his disciples, except for Judas. <laughs> and so he prayed to the father that he said, I pray that you all would be one. And, and then, and uh, and those who believe because of you. So, Michael, you and I believe because of the, the, the apostles, the first disciples. He prayed that all of them would be one. Then, this is the big word, then the world will know that the Father sent me. Mm. The unity of the body of Christ is so essential. It's like the, the evangelism key. There's other things too, of course, methods, but being one is the is how the world will know when they see the unity of the body of Christ. So this really hits hard the lack of unity, the denominationalism. I know that we're never going to have the Seventh-day Adventists and the Baptists and the Pentecostals all get together as one unless there's persecution, you know. So I, I'm not hoping for persecution, but I think we can meet more often together. And that does happen. Of course, we see different things. Promise Keepers a long time ago was kind of part of that. It was designed for men. But anyway, that's one of the main messages is the unity. And, uh, but there's a lot of others, too. There's a lot of things that Paul sees about. We, show, we go to a Catholic church and we go to a Protestant church and the ritual and the things they do. And it's pretty funny when Paul says, well, I said those words. What? what? And I'm <laughs> can't even take communion. You know? <laughs> I love uh, that. Different things like, there were things like that. Little, or, a little, as you call it, uh, I think you talk about it in one of your interviews, uh, churchianity. 
churchianity, you know, he, he's not real fond of when they bow their heads and close their eyes. And he said, well, that's not quite the way we did it <laughs> in my time. And I don't want to put that down. I know people are sincere, but, you know, just little digs like that that are kind of question what's going on. So good. I love that. I, it's funny because a lot of times, you know, uh, when I gave, when I came to gave my life to Jesus and, uh, cause I, I came late to Jesus. I ran a long time from him, but, uh, a lot of times people would say, McIntyre, I didn't know you were religious. And I would say, I'm not religious. <laughs> I, I love Jesus. I, you know, and I saw a billboard. Uh, I think my brother was telling me about it that, uh, and I saw it, he sent me a a photo of it that uh, on the interstate, it says, uh, come to our church, uh, no rules, just Jesus, you know, and I think, I think Paul would probably agree with that message. Yes. And the fact that I, if you're going to a church, I'd like to somebody to come out thinking that God is really alive today. It's not all about the past. I, don't, I think the apostle Paul and most of them, when they, they would have a teaching from in the synagogue or whatever, from the Old Testament, but I think a lot of what they talked about was what's going on right now and the needs that are happening now. And so that's another message from Translated that Paul kind of, what's, why did you talk so much about the past? I mean, what's God doing now? So yeah. good. That's I love that. And uh, so listeners, I really encourage you to go to translatedfilm.com and check it check Jerry's masterpiece out because I think it's something that you really will enjoy and it puts things into a perspective like you said Jerry a refreshing look at today in Christianity right and I think that's really cool now all right I, I want to ask uh, in closing here I always ask all my amazing next level interviews uh, two things first of all what scripture are you sitting on right now I know you talk about for for uh, translated you talk about John 17 20 and 21 and what are you into right now or what do you because I know sometimes we go through different seasons and we sit on different scriptures and number two what book are you reading now or what books are have you read recently that are interesting in your opinion uh, the book is I read the Oracle of Jonathan Kahn it's mm. an incredible book if people haven't read it, have you read it? No. Uh-uh. You know about it? No. Sure. No, it's, it'll blow your mind, the oracle. Of course, he, Jonathan Kahn's the rabbi, Christ, Messianic Jew, who led the uh, return event in Washington, D.C. last Saturday. So the oracle's what I read last. Um, as far as a verse, I think it's delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. It's Psalms 37.4. Come on, bro. Anyway, that's that. one. That's one of them. <laughs> uh, also, I, my favorite. One of my favorites is is Ephesians three twenty. That whole chapter um, that we would be able to comprehend the height and breadth and length and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that we'd be filled up to the fullness of God, and then He will do exceeding abundantly above what we ask or think. And actually, that one of the scenes in translated is about how can we love God with all our mind, heart, body, soul, and strength. Because I was at a position in Bible college, I didn't feel like I ever could really do that. Kind of a little lukewarm, but just not just not on fire like that. And so that's a scene you can look out for and translate it. Another shameless plug. But. I love it, man. Come on. No shame here, baby. We're all in. We're all in. Listen, we're Jesus freaks and we love it. And uh, I, I, I love... I love the fact that you brought this movie to existence and you did it in excellence and uh, you did it with passion and 
Holy Spirit filled. I think it's incredible. So listeners, go check out, go to translatedfilm.com. You're also on Facebook as well. Uh, and I think it's translated. This uh, uh, colon, translate colon the movie. Thank you. Translated colon the movie. Go on there. And when, when can they uh, contribute to your Kickstarter program, Jerry? When When is that coming up? Uh, we hope I'm just editing it now. So hopefully in a, uh, two weeks at the latest. So um, sometime have, in October. Website. Then. We have brighteyesmovie.com. Okay. Brighteyesmovie.com. Listeners go there because this is going to be coming out in October. So you are listening it in October. I know we're recording this in late September. So uh, good. Well, this is good timing as God's timing is always perfect. Yes. Well, thank you. I, that's a, <laughs> I, that makes me excited to hear that. I appreciate it. Absolutely. We've only got 6 million listeners out here. So we'll, we'll do, wow. I don't know about that. Maybe, maybe that's a wishful Holy Spirit thinking and prophecy. Um, so Jerry, we thank you so much, man, for taking the time out of your busy schedule. You are, you live in Oregon. Is that correct? Eugene, Oregon. Yeah. Eugene, Oregon. And so, uh, and you know, where, where do you plan on filming bright eyes? Are you going to be on location somewhere? Yeah. Well, hopefully in, well, not hopefully we plan on building a building, a an authentic Indian village. They call themselves Indians too. No, no swear. Uh, in on the Omaha reservation, there's also <clears throat> Boston Fennial hall. We definitely want to shoot there and, uh, possibly Washington DC. Um, anyway, it's location. Yes. And, that's, uh, all, that's so cool. That's exciting. Well, we're, and we well, want we, the profits. We want most of the profits to go to native American issues. Okay. That's awesome. I love that. And so we're going to be praying for you to get, have bright eyes come out and, uh, to, uh, just to, to create the story. Well, to share the history of this fascinating, uh, woman, uh, native American woman, which I think is incredible. And what a unique opportunity for you to share this, Jerry. Thank you so much. Thanks for being on the next level podcast, man. You are amazing and uh, congratulations. And thank you for translated film dot com because we want to watch you. that <laughs> you're you're the best <laughs> <laughs> well thank you my man you'd be blessed thanks yeah hey friends please remember to rate review subscribe and share our podcast on apple spotify and all other platforms where great podcasts are found thank you Thank you for checking out the Next Level Podcast. For more information or additional resources, please visit themichaelmcintyre.com.